0: back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis.
1: And this is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. Hey Beth, how's it going? It's okay. It is going okay. Yeah. yeah. First week yeah. of school's down.
0: Oh, that's right. So you just had your first week of school.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was bumpy. Yeah. It's a little rocky. We survived. It's okay. We're recording on Friday so today's the actual last day of school and I am taking them to get snowballs after school.
0: Oh like 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 crushed ice stuff. yeah
1: like, that snowball is? like what's yeah snowball? with the like syrupy stuff on it, you know right. Mm-hmm. There's one not far from their school and so I'm gonna surprise them and pick them up and take them there and be like we're survivors. <laughs> oh, what a nice mom. I know I kind of want one though that's the thing So, (laughs) we used to go to Sonic on Fridays because at Sonic from like 3 to 5 they have happy hour on all their drinks and so it was always our Friday thing to because there was a Sonic right beside their old school so I would pick them up from school and we would go to Sonic and get Mm. I got cherry limeades I love cherry limeades
0: I love cherry limeades
1: I know, me too. It's good with other things in it as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's cute to make a Friday beverage out of it. So yeah. Snow cones today. Okay. It's a new well, norm. You enjoy
0: that. You enjoy that.
1: So listen, I have to tell you this story. I was driving home this morning from dropping the kids off. And you know how mm-hmm. whenever the worker people like um they wear the vests, and they pick up trash on the side of the road? hmm Yeah. So you know how sometimes it's, like, work release? Like, people yes. from prisons and jails, it's work yeah, release Yeah, you see,
0: people? like, DOC on their back or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Okay, so that was happening today on the road, and there was, like, a couple, there was a lot, probably a dozen of um, them, like, I guess inmates, on the side of the road picking stuff up. And I'm driving, and the road I was driving on, I was driving like 55 miles an hour. So I slowed down a little bit. Everybody slows down because there's people beside the road. And no joke, this one inmate, as I was driving by, just dropped his stuff and took off running in the woods. What? I was like, he's escaping. He is literally escaping right now. (laughs) I am watching him escape. I mean, I don't know if that's what he was doing, but he was not like jogging.
0: Right.
1: He was like, wow. Right. Like something was chasing him or about to running into the you, woods. I was like, oh my God. And I couldn't. A... Yeah. And I was like, should I turn <laughs> around? Cause I got to know. Should I start <laughs> recording with going... my phone? <laughs> <laughs> but I was going 50 miles an hour. So I don't know what happened. So I keep looking at the news to see if it's like, there is an escaped prisoner. Oh my god! On such and such road. I keep watching the news because I'm like, dude, where were you? Where is he going? I don't know. They've got to be wearing like ankle things or something. Right. Some kind of there a tracking these... device or monitor.
0: Well, I mean, but I can't imagine that they're hard criminals clearly. So sure. You know, is it just like, yeah, I, I mean, so maybe they don't. And it's just like, well, we
1: know it was you. <laughs> also no <laughs> and oh and so then i thought i'm like should i call and give him a description I mean, like, <laughs> I thought, like all i'm in mean, all morning thinking about this guy i saw i don't even know if that's what he was doing right but it looked like it because he, he dropped everything really maybe he had to pee really bad <laughs>
0: i don't know <laughs> oh my gosh that's funny though wow well, that started your morning out right.
1: It did, and it's definitely the month for it. All yeah. the serial killers and creepy crap, and <laughs> I'm in the headspace of that anyway, so. You are, you are. Um,
0: gosh, here we are. We've got number two today. Oof. <laughs> not, we're not even recording it. Like, it's already recorded, and I'm just thinking, like, whoa. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: of on it it's a good one it's a good one
0: it is it is so i mean i guess should we
1: just go ahead and give it to them no i think we should on a All silver right, platter here we go <laughs> okay
0: so i'm not really that ready to tell you this no. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs>
1: But okay, I'm sorry. Serial you pillars. went from like joking about something and then all of a sudden you were like so <laughs> I kinda thought you were like doing a bit for a second. <laughs> okay. Okay. I hit the record button and I immediately became professional. Yes, here we go. <laughs> and I did not, obviously. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay.
0: I've got, I still I have a drink, so I might not be professional. By oh the end. no. Okay. But because um, serial killers are just the worst, you know it. We we recorded yours just before this, and you were
1: like, "Oh my gosh, thank God he's out of my yes. brain. Yes, so
0: physically fatigued. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm just like I'm looking. I'm I'm not ready to tell it, but I'm also ready to just be done with it, to move on to another. Okay. One. So, um. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So you may have heard this, heard of this guy. I hadn't. I thought I had, but because of his nickname. But now I'm just wondering if it's just kind of a common way of identifying some of these murderers cuz he's known as the I5 killer. Oh. So in my head I was like, oh wait, I've heard of the I5 killer, but really was it or was it like the interstate whatever other killer? You know, because there's multiple people who have been like dubbed, I feel like. Or okay. he's also been known as the I5 bandit.
1: Okay, I know him.
0: You do know. I him. do. Okay. Are you familiar with all of his stuff? I think
1: so, then, but I will definitely need so. okay. some refreshers.
0: Okay. So his name is Randall Woodfield. Okay. He was born Randall Brent Woodfield on, but he doesn't go by <laughs> two names. Oh. <laughs> or whatever. Okay. Like, okay. He doesn't go by, it's not like oh, Randall Brent, Randall Brent, Randall Brent. Okay. No, he does not go. I I like literally had to dig to find out what his middle name was. Does so. he go
1: by Randy? Anyway. Well, his mom called him Randy. Yeah. I have, I have I, a brother named Randall, that. and he, that's what they call him, is Randy.
0: I feel like that would just be the natural thing, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I really don't. I, I, the only time it's mentioned is his mom called him Randy. Okay. So I feel like maybe he went by Randall. So um, anyway, he was born on December 26th, 1950. Oh, day after in- Christmas, was he? Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. In Otter Rock, Oregon. He was the only son to his parents, but he had two sisters. They would grow up to be a doctor and an attorney. Oh, wow. They did very well for themselves. And some would say maybe he kind of felt like he was in their shadows a little bit. But they did well. Randall's childhood was not riddled with abuse or neglect, huh. like most serial killers. This is why some people don't understand how this came to be yeah.
1: for him. Was Dahmer was like that too, right? He had like a normal upbringing, they think.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. so, but I don't, I don't, Weird. it's hard to keep rare. It's rare. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, his family
0: was well known in their community and highly regarded. His mother was a devoted homemaker. They do say she's a perfectionist. Okay. But I don't know that it was in like a super negative way, but anyway. Um, his dad was an executive at Pacific Northwest Bell Phone Company. Okay. They were a middle-class family with good standing and very supportive of their children. Randall did well in school academically and excelled in athletics.
1: How did this go sideways, Randy?
0: Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know that anybody really truly knows. Still. So um, they lived on the beautiful coast of Oregon. Because it's literally, it's on the coast. I've never been to Oregon. I mean, maybe to like fly through somewhere. I don't even think that actually. I want to go to Oregon. It's like bucket list for me. Really? And there are so many things that I want to see and do in Oregon. I can't even tell. Like, there's a possibility we could go on a work trip with Emory. And I told him, we're going to have to extend for a week because there's going to be a lot of things that I'm going to want to go travel to.
1: Interesting. We're going to have to talk about that later. Okay. 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 So,
0: um, Randall went to Northport High School and played football, basketball, and ran track. All of his teachers and coaches thought highly of him and said that he was a good student and athlete. Okay. The end.
1: I'm disturbed because I feel I like am. we're talking about our children.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: Oh, no. They
0: live among us. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not that close. I was
1: going to say um, they don't
0: live with me. <laughs> no. no. Okay. So, but when he was a teenager, he began peeping in windows yeah. and exposing himself to girls. Okay. I, I want to say you know, like he was fast because he ran track and he was a football player and whatever. Like I read somewhere that it would be like, he'd be like in one side of town and he would like pull his pants down and get a reaction and then like run across town and like do it again. And like, he was just like almost like a game, but so people I mean, I knew I he was doing
1: sport. this. Like they were like that Randall guy keeps pulling his pants down and then running well, away. He gets in trouble. Okay. Okay. He does get in trouble for it. My next sentence. He got in trouble for this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But it was hushed by his high school coaches because he was talented and they really wanted him to be able to focus on football. Maybe hoping that football would be like, okay, let's get him totally immersed in football. I don't know. I'm, I'm speaking for them now, but like maybe it'll things will be okay. Maybe he won't do this anymore if we just get him going with football and make that his life. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Oh, Band-Aids. But I will
0: say... Um, because when they like kind of hushed it, cause he, he, I mean, he had a record at this point, so it's not like they just got rid of it, like got it dropped or whatever. They just didn't talk about it and they like made everyone hushed about it. This is the first and not the last time that he would not be held accountable mm, for actions. Got it. His parents did decide to take him to a therapist. So it's not like they ignored it and were like, oh, whatever. They took him to a therapist. Um... However, after some time, the therapist saw nothing of concern with Randall and told his parents he was just exploring his newly found sexuality.
1: So, that's not how to explore sexuality, ma'am or therapist. Yeah, Therapists do right. Um, yeah, all right.
0: But I mean, this is in the wait, we're his teenagers in the '60s. Okay. At this point, they probably don't know that that's not. Maybe that's what they're thinking. Okay, well. Because in all other aspects, and every, like he seemed like a fine kid. Okay. Like, oh, okay. He's deciding to pull his pants down in public. That's <laughs> the only thing he's doing. <laughs> so, anyway. Okay. okay. So anyway, she found nothing noteworthy to be concerned with. And so when he was 18, that record he had for exposing himself was expunged. Right. Okay. So now it's like there's nothing out there. He graduated high school in 1969, and he went to Treasure Valley Community College in Ontario, Oregon, which was, like, clear across the state. So they're on the, like, coast, and it's, like, literally all the way on the other side, right on the border of the state. He soon transferred to Portland State University, where he became a um, star wide receiver for the Vikings. Whoa. That's the name of their team. He joined the Campus Crusade Crusade for Christ and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes while there. I know
1: what both of those things are.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've heard of them. Yeah. I'm not like super familiar with them. He was known to be a good guy and was liked by his teammates, although some would say that he at times could be odd when he would say just like off cuff remarks or weird things out of the blue. No examples were given of that, but people would say like he would just like come over and say something and you're like, Well, that had nothing to do with anything or whatever. So
1: Hmm.
0: anyway, he is said to be a handsome guy, about six feet tall, dark curly hair and dark eyes. And they said he had a pretty like normal dating life huh? as far as they could tell. I mean, not not that he had any kind of long term relationships, but he would date somebody and then they'd break up and whatever. So as good as this young man looks to us on paper, literally on paper, (laughs) (laughs) with the exception of a small indiscretion. As a teen mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. showing his wiener to people.
1: <laughs> she said wiener. <laughs> I, did, I did. Just wanted to get your reaction to I see know. if you were gonna be I'm a- not uh, mature enough to nine year old boy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like that we also. all know that <laughs> <laughs> I am not mature when it comes to words like wiener. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. So besides that, he's about to start getting himself into trouble now. Okay, here we go. In 1970, at the age of 20, he was arrested for vandalizing the apartment of his girlfriend. Charges were dropped, however, because there was lack of evidence. He was then arrested and convicted four times for indecent, indecent exposure between the years of 1972
1: and 1974. So again, with the it wiener. Is, mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yes. It is <laughs> unclear what the penalties were at that for those things, if any, as I don't know that he served jail time for it. Um, I know that it would be a mis like when I looked it up, the first time would be a misdemeanor and like fines, but then the second time would be a felony. Uh-huh. So currently, whether that was the rules back then, I don't know. Cause I can't imagine if he was arrested and convicted four times, why he wouldn't have spent some time in jail, but it's not stated that he did. So, <laughs> okay. So that's where I'm kind of pointing out that there's like an injustice that is being done because it's clear that he did it more than twice and he wasn't in jail so there's here's another he's not being really truly held accountable for what he's doing Randall ends up dropping out of school three semesters shy of graduating with a bachelor's of science in physical education okay why do you think he dropped out (laughs) he was drafted in the 17th round of the NFL draft by the Green Bay Packers in 1974 oh my dude did you know that? No. Oh, okay. He was a packer? <laughs> I thought that's why you would have known like cuz he was like drafted or something. But anyway, well, we'll get to it. Most of his teammates at the time and coaches were a bit surprised that he was drafted because they said like he's real fast and he can run great routes, but he he's really afraid to get hit. Like he does he won't get hit. He will avoid it at all costs. Okay. So they were just kind of like, okay, why do they really want him? Anyway. And I will say at this point that just because he was drafted doesn't mean that he was an amazing player because my husband, when watching the show that we watched, pointed out that back then there were 17 rounds in the draft, and now there are only seven. So today he wouldn't have even made it okay. <laughs> at all. Okay, like, He was like the 428th pick or something like that. He <laughs> so. ain't first anyway. or last. Yeah. So also during this time, they didn't think to do background checks on him on players because if they had then they probably would not have drafted him because he had a record at this time like his teenage one was expunged but he had been arrested for other yeah, four and times vandalized yeah and the vandalization even though that was dropped i'm sure it's still like in the papers somewhere <laughs> right so he was offered at the time sixteen thousand dollars for the first year and if he caught 25 passes he would get an additional two thousand and if he caught 30, he would get 3,000. I don't know why I shared that with you. I just thought it was
1: interesting. <laughs> so it doesn't seem like a lot. I know, but in
0: 1974, maybe. I guess. Like, I didn't look up what like the comparison is. So. He attended training camp in April of 1974 in Scottsdale, Arizona, and he did really well. He made it through several cuts, and he even played in a preseason game, I think against the Bears, but I can't remember for sure, and did well there. But he was cut from the team abruptly in August of 1974. So he never made it to the final okay. Um, roster. Okay. He decided to stick around the area for a bit and lived in Manitowoc and played for a professional team there called the Manitowoc Chiefs in hopes that the Packers would change their
1: minds and take him back. Okay. That's uh, Stephen Avery territory over there (laughs) i was waiting (laughs) i was waiting
0: because that's what is mentioned in several articles like uh he was in the same area that the making the murderer guy yeah were they buds yeah right i bet (laughs) so packers didn't take him back and also he was released from the manitowoc chiefs before the season ended as well.
1: Do we know why he was released? Because you said he was released abruptly, which makes me think. There's no reason okay. given. Got it. There's no reason given.
0: At the age of 24, he heads back to, or not back, but heads to Portland. Well, I guess back because he went to college there. Feeling pretty down on himself for not achieving the football career that he dreamed of. And that was literally within his grasp if he wanted it. In the early part of 1975, there had been several women in the Portland area who had been held at knife point and forced to perform oral sex, and then the assailant would rob them. So this is around the time when he had moved back. Okay. So law enforcement decided to run a sting and sent female undercover police officers to the area. After robbing one of these undercover cops and being caught with the marked bills, Randall Woodfield (gasps) was arrested on March 3rd, 1975. He confessed to the crimes and blamed poor sexual impulse control due to the use of steroids. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, he had some poor sexual impulse control <laughs> before. Yeah. I think. I don't think he was using steroids at like 13 when he was flashing girls.
1: Yeah. I mean, that is a thing. In yeah. all fairness, that's why steroids are bad for you. One of the reasons. But mm-hmm. yeah. You're just I'm, a though. Yeah. He's, well, I
0: mean, clearly, he's, he's a subject of serial killer September, so we clearly know where this is going. Yeah. In April of 1975, he pled guilty to a lesser charge of second-degree robbery and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Oh,
1: robbery only. They didn't do anything with the sexual crime? Well, I want to say
0: because how they caught him. Well, but they still had witnesses. That he had done this to. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that how they caught him. He didn't sexually. He just robbed those female
1: cops. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So,
0: but still, they would have had witnesses. I don't know. It's probably just like, let's just, you know, if he's going to plead guilty, let's
1: give him 10 yeah. years. Whatever. I mean, they probably could have tacked on quite a bit for sexual assault. But I'd imagine. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so here's where the next injustice is going to happen, because he's paroled in July of 1979 after serving just over four years of that 10 years. Okay. Had he spent the full 10 years, would I be telling the rest of this story? I don't know that anybody can know for sure. Okay. But I guess that's possible. After being released, he started renting a room from a woman who had a son in Springfield, Oregon. This woman was, said he was very nice, always paid rent and bills on time, and he would even play catch in the yard with her son. So she thought he was an upstanding citizen. Okay. During the four years he was in prison, he chorus- had corresponded with a friend slash classmate, Sherry Ayers. They had written letters to each other back and forth. They had known each other since they were in second grade because they had gone to the same schools in Newport together. Okay different colleges but Randall was released from prison just in time for his 10-year high school reunion which which he decided to attend and that's where he reconnected with Sherry after like in person he had reconnected with her because clearly he had been writing with her. Sherry had graduated from the University of Oregon and was an x-ray technician. On October 11th 1980 Sherry's body was found in her downtown Portland apartment by her fiance. She had been raped, beaten, and stabbed repeatedly in her neck. Oh. Her family was had suspected Randall. I'm not really sure why. I mean, probably because he was in prison right. for other, like, sex things. How about that criminal and- friend of hers
1: from elementary?
0: Right. And so they had given the name, given Randall's name to the police. So he was brought in and questioned, and he... Was said to be evasive with all of his answers and refused to take a polygraph. However, they had to release him because there was the his blood type did not match the semen found in Sherry. All right. And clearly at the time, like that's how they're, you know, there's no like DNA. Okay. And all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So that he was released. Like a month later, on Thanksgiving Day, Darcy Renee Fix and Douglas. Al- Altig were found bound and shot to death, execu- execution style, in Darcy's home. They had been shot with Darcy's thirty-two caliber revolver. I can't, why can't I say that? Revolver, mm-hmm. which was missing from the scene. All right. Darcy happened to be the ex-girlfriend of one of Randall's close friends in college. So, because of his connection to her and his re- recent connection to another murder victim, they brought him in for questioning, but they had no concrete evidence linking him to the crime. So, again, he was just sent on his way. Okay. I know you're looking like, what the hell? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but th- th- this will all make sense in the end. <laughs> I promise. So after being questioned i'm not sure if he decided to lay low for a bit or what but when but then a string of robberies occurred starting in december of 1980 so that was thanksgiving so about a month later a string of robberies starts happening all of them occur within 2 miles of interstate 5 up and down the west coast okay. from washington state to california so it's always within like get off the interstate it's two miles less than two miles off the interstate on December 9th a gas station in Vancouver Washington was the first the perpetrator wore a fake beard and robbed the gas station then four days later on December 13th an ice cream parlor in Eugene, Oregon was robbed by a man wearing a fake beard on December 14th the next day a drive-in restaurant was robbed in Albany, California side note Emery's grandmother lived there oh
1: yeah, at the time, probably. Oh.
0: Along with the fake beard, some would report that the perpetrator wore a Band-Aid or athletic tape on the bridge of their nose. You know, like some football players yes. kind of wear. Yes. Which, you know, I when I'm doing this, I was like, why do they wear that? And I mean, it makes sense. And I don't know why I didn't think of it. But it's so that they can breathe easier yeah. when they're – I mean, it's it's why you wear them at night. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes sense. like <laughs> – Anyway, it's interesting though. I don't really see them. Well, at least not high school kids wearing them. No professional athletes still wear them. So this must have just been a thing back in the day. I don't. Yeah. Anyway, on December twenty first, a waitress in Seattle was attacked and forced at gunpoint to masturbate her attacker. Oh, again, wearing a fake beard. Starting in January of 1981, law enforcement had dubbed this person the I-5 bandit Mm -hmm. because these are all just robberies and some, clearly it's escalating to some sexual attacking in there. On January 8th, the same gas station, the first one that was robbed in Vancouver, Washington, was held up at gunpoint, but this time the female employee was forced to expose her breasts after she emptied the cash register for him. Mm -hmm. On January 11th, just a few days later, a market in Eugene was robbed. January 12th, a female grocery store clerk in Sutherland, in Oregon, was shot and wounded, not killed. Okay. Beth, this, this one might bother you a bit. Oh, no. Okay. So just hold on. On January 14th, a man entered a home where two sisters ages 8 and 10 were. Oh, no. And he forced them to undress and also sexually assaulted them. The person they described matched the descriptions of the I-5 bandit. Here we are escalating.
1: Yes, related. we are
0: escalated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but meanwhile, I mean, they had just started making a connection. Like at first it was just, oh, these random robberies. Just before this happened, they're like making a connection like, oh, this seems like maybe it's probably the same person. Because it's like three different states. Right. Wow. So, oh, my gosh. On January 18th, Sherry Hull and Beth wilmot Oh, no. (laughs) There's a Beth in the story, and she is a badass.
1: Oh, yeah, she is.
0: Yeah, she is. (laughs) Okay. Beth Wilmot and Sherry Hull were cleaning the office building of a title company in Salem, Oregon. Sherry was the daughter of the owner of the cleaning company, and Beth was a fairly new transplant to Portland and had made friends with Sherry and started working with her. You know they dance around the office i could totally see us doing just this, like we're like retirement we definitely <laughs> are going to be friends with them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so sherry took the garbage out towards the end of the night and when they were done almost done cleaning to the dumpster and when she went back inside the building the door had remained unlocked i mean they had kept it unlocked the entire time because this is a time where people were not just locking up behind them a man with a hood and Band-Aid or tape over his nose enters the building and sexually assaulted the two women. Mm. When he was finished, finished, he shot Sherry <gasps> and then Beth in the back of the head. Oh, no. Execution style. And then shot Sherry two more times and Beth once more. Wow. Both shots in the head for Beth. I'm not ex- exactly, entirely sure where the other two shots were for Sherry, but I'm thinking in the head.
1: So this is not going well for our friends. Mm-hmm.
0: A few minutes later, but I told you she's a badass, and I haven't gotten to that part yet. So a few minutes later, Beth gets up, oh.
1: walks to a phone. Wow.
0: Dials 911, tells him someone just shot her friend. I don't even know if she was, like, concerned about I'm pretty sure she was concerned. She said that she shot was shot, too. But police arrive, and she had already kind of given a description of the person to the operator. Oh, my gosh. When they arrived, Sherry was unconscious and Beth was fully conscious, but bloody and like one side of her face was swollen like her eye was starting to like get black and I mean it was clear that she had been severely injured. Oh, is she alive? She's an anomaly. Yeah. Again, she had described the man to police and on the way, one of the police officers that was on the way to the scene had seen a man that resembled the person that she had described. But he was a mile down the road. And they were responding within minutes. And they were like, there's zero chance that anyone could get... Because he's fast. ...a mile down the road. Unless you're like a superstar athlete. Oh. <laughs> so, they, I mean, they kind of ignored him. But then they were like, maybe? But anyway. So both girls were taken to the hospital. Sherry died shortly after arriving oh. at the hospital. But Beth survived. Wow. Doctors found a bullet in a like a bloody matted nest of hair so the bullet was outside of her head and when they x-rayed her they found another 32 caliber bullet that had traveled along her skull and like lodged right behind her right ear the bullets even though they were shot at point blank range had never penetrated her skull because they said her bone was so dense it stopped the bullets
1: I'm gonna need to know what she eats for breakfast. Like she's like a true superhero, literally impenetrable Beth. Right?
0: Seriously, I was
1: like, "What?" And her name had to be Beth. (laughs) And it's a little survivor story
0: in there. Uh huh. Okay, Beth. Yeah, a little bit, a little sprinkle, sprinkle a survivor. I I call her badass Beth. By the way, yes. All capitals every time. Iron Man,
1: badass
0: Beth. (laughs) <laughs> Here hear for that nickname. Yes. So they're able to get a composite drawing out to the public with the help of Beth. However, this person has traveled several hours south, and on January 26th and 29th, multiple robberies in Eugene, Medford, and Grants Pass occur. Hmm. In, Grant's, in Grants Pass, a clerk and the customer were both assaulted by the robber. Then, on February 3rd, in Mountain Gate, California... Donna Eckard and her 14-year-old daughter, Janelle, were home alone. Um, Donna's other daughter had just called to see if she could stay for dinner at a friend's house, and Donna had had, like, made minor surgical procedure earlier that day, so she was had been resting, but then she realized, oh, we don't have any, bre- like, food for breakfast tomorrow morning, let's run to the store. So she grabbed Janelle and was about to head out to the store, and When they were met by a man outside of their door who forced them back into their home and he bound them, sexually assaulted them, and shot them execution style in the head. Janelle had been shot seven times and raped anally after death. Oh my gosh. Kristen, who was the sister who had been at a friend's house, came home around 9 p.m. to find her mother and sister in her parents' bedroom. Awful. That same night, on February 3rd, a store clerk had been kidnapped and raped nearby. On February 4th, a motel clerk was kidnapped and raped similarly in Ashland, Oregon. Wow. So now he's traveled back up to Oregon. Also on February 4th, the police in Shasta County, which is where Donna and Janelle were killed, received, they call it a teletype. I'm assuming that that's what they called it back in the day, like, was like from another police department. Okay. Okay. Because they, the p- police in Oregon, were getting his composite out okay. to other areas, so they received this teletype about a brutal as- the brutal assault of Sherry and Beth, mm-hmm. and the murder of Sherry. They immediately called the detective on the case because it matched the M.O. of what this guy had did. Like he had salted, so- shot execution style with a tr- thirty-two caliber bullet or gun. So they call Portland and they're like, "Oh, you got a similar case." So now it's like, "Hmm, let's start working together." However, on February 9th, a fabric a clerk at a fabric store was molested in Corvallis, Oregon. On February 12th, multiple robberies. He's not killing all of these people. No. Like, no.
1: He is chaotic. Mm-hmm. Wow. He okay. Is. Yeah.
0: Which is why, like, they can't, it was, like, hard to link him to that and these, ki- you know, like, he did all that mm-hmm. and did all the you know, like, he's just not, yeah, he's not, he's not consistent with what he's doing in his crimes. On February, except with the way he's killing these people mm-hmm. with execution style and the thirty-two caliber, which apparently he took from that other Yeah, the dark
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. On February 12th, multiple robberies occurred in Olympia, Washington, Vancouver, and Bellevue, which are all in Washington. On February 14th, Woodfield was back in Portland visiting and had planned a Valentine's Day party in his hotel. One of his old classmates had been invited but didn't get the message about it until too late. And from
1: what we know, no one showed up to this
0: party and it really pissed him off.
1: Oh, my. Great. It's really great to have a pissed off serial killer.
0: Slash robber, because, slash rapist. Yes, exactly. Because the next day, the body of 18 year old Julie Wrights was found by her mother at the bottom of the stairs. She had been shot two times. It was evident that she had had a glass of wine with the perpetrator, they're thinking, but with someone just prior to being murdered and was possibly in the process of making coffee. For this person as well, because there was like coffee grinds on the table and coffee pot being taken okay, out. So she knew him. Mm hmm. And who does Julie happen to know?
1: Oh, Randy. Oh, yeah. She, she knows good old Randy. Oh, no.
0: Through the investigation, Randall's name had kept coming up with people that they were interviewing. Randall had worked as a bouncer at a tavern years ago prior to his arrest, and he had let Julie in even though she was underage. So that's where he knew her from. Hmm. And a friend who had worked with them said that youngers, young girls were kind of his thing. He just seemed to show them a little bit more attention. And ultimately, he was fired from that tavern for that. Oh. But that's his connection to Julie. Okay. So now that they had this name of someone for Julie's, and they were talking to the police up in Oregon about Sherry's murder and Beth's attempted murder... They thought they might have their guy, so they show up to his home where he's renting the room and question him, but he doesn't really flinch. He's like, I don't I don't know who that person is. I don't know them. They show him pictures of Julie. Nope, don't know her. He was brought in for an interrogation on March 3rd, 1981, which was the same date he was arrested back in, like, whatever, 75. Okay. Two days later, they had a search warrant. They searched his home, and they found the same brand of tape that people had identified that the perpetrator was using on his nose. And they also found a thirty-two caliber bullet in, like, a racquetball bag or something. not the gun. Okay. No, not the gun. He was put up in a lineup, and many people could identify him, like people that he had robbed and whatever. And the biggest person, or the biggest name was badass bad Yes could I could identify him. So so and then the landlady, the person that she lived that he lived with, supplied a phone bill to police. Cause she had mentioned that he always paid his bills on time, even though he had racked up like outrageous charges on her phone bill. Okay. And also it's kind of like questionable, like I never really had a job, so how did he always pay everything on time? Oh but, okay. Which I mean, he was robbing places, number one. Well, yeah.
1: But number but she two, didn't know when that.
0: you... No, she didn't know that. But that, you know, like it was always kind of like in the back of her head. But she was like, but he was so nice and played with my kid. And so I didn't really think anything bad about him. Um. But also when you when you get drafted, don't you... Aren't you guaranteed that 16000 at least? Even if they cut you? Probably. But I don't know. I think that like... I mean, I think that's how it is now. Like if you are on the team, you're guaranteed that... I'm sure they give it to you up Even front. Even if they probably. release you. Right. So I'm sure he still had that too. Some of that. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay. So they're like charges. like He's racking up charges. Who's he calling? So she gives them the phone bill. And when they look over the bill, they saw that he had charged calls to her number from payphones over the last month. So like if you don't have money, I guess you can like charge it to a phone number and it'll just show up on your phone bill. I, don't, I didn't realize you could do that. So
1: it's probably a good thing I did not know about that because I used to use the payphone all the time from the mall <laughs> in my hometown. Well, I did too,
0: but I would call Collect and be like, Mom, pick me up <laughs> and just hang up <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> like <laughs> He didn't actually like – well, sometimes I guess I put a quarter in it. But <laughs> anyway. Okay, so each call that was made – were in the same locations that the attacks were occurring in,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it was like this map of the I five corridor, and they're like, "Huh, okay, well, this is interesting." Yeah, who was he calling? And it would be, a, uh, oh, it would be on the same days. I'll get to that. Okay, so they realized at this point that they had the I five bandit slash serial killer on their hands. Also. Do you find it a little bit ironic that one of the main things that takes him down is a phone bill when his dad was an executive of a phone company?
1: Oh, he was. He worked for Pacific Bell or whatever. Oh, my Pacific God. Pacific Northwest Bell. Yeah. <laughs> what an. Come on, Randall. <laughs> I-, I have to know what's happening with these phone calls. <laughs> okay. Here's my next statement.
0: Some may be wondering who he's calling. Me, me. Okay. <laughs> the other Beth. <laughs> yeah. other Beth. Other Beth, other Beth. Yeah. How many Beths do I know? I know. Um, okay. So this isn't mentioned in many articles, actually. So there's a book, which I probably mentioned later, or whatever. Um, this lady, Anne Rule, wrote a book on the, called The I Five Killer. I didn't read it, um, but I watched the movie that was made for it. For it. Okay. And it's a movie. It's not a documentary. It's a movie. Bo Derek is in it.
1: <laughs> oh, Bo Derek. Okay. Yeah. Like for
0: like a split second. But anyway, um, is she badass Beth? She's not badass oh. Beth. She's you know, <laughs> she's not. Um. Anyway. So, but I I had I did not see this part of the story until the movie. And actually, I thought the movie because you know how like they fictionalize some parts. Mm-hmm. Like it's ma- mo- mainly based on fact, but. They fictionalize it. Okay. So I thought this part of the movie was f- like fiction, but then I ended up finding last minute this article that nope, that part was true. So he had met Shelly Jansen about end of, end of December, right around the holiday time. She was a college in New Mexico a college student in New Mexico, but she was visiting home during the holidays, which was in Oregon. Okay. And this is when he met her, which is like December 1980, which is in the middle of his crime spree. Because he started basically in October. Within the month, Randall had driven down to San Francisco to meet Shelly. And they spent three days together at the end of January. So she must have gone back to school. And that was like just a place they were meeting up. And during this trip, he proposed to her. Oh. And then she dropped out of college, not like early March, Because she couldn't stand to be away from him anymore and moved up to Oregon. And that's when the proverbial proverbial shit hit the fan. (laughs) Oh. For Randall. Because she moved up there and he was already under investigation. Okay. At this point. And anyway, so he's calling her from the payphone. So he was calling
1: her from all of these places. What an idiot. So he's (laughs) robbing people and raping women and shooting people and then like, hey, honey. I'm home. Love you. Miss you. Wow. And she had
0: no idea. No. No, she didn't. She had no clue. As far as I know. There's not a whole lot about her out there in general. So, I, no, I don't think she knew. Okay. So, he was officially arrested because he was brought in on March 3rd for questioning. So, I mean, literally, she moved up there the early March and he's being questioned March 3rd. <laughs> so, and he's arrested on March 7th. He's indicted on March 16th for murder, rape, sodomy, attempted kidnapping, armed robbery, and illegal possession of firearms, all from different jurisdictions from Washington to Oregon. So nothing in California yet. Randall Woodfield eventually goes to trial in Salem, Oregon, in June of 1981 for murder, attempted murder, and two counts of sodomy. This was for the Sherry Hall and Beth Wilmot case okay? because they had straight up witness a, of a murder. So it's like, let's let's
1: try this. Mm-hmm. We can get him on this for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Beth is able to
0: testify against him at the trial. Wow. And after. Th- yeah, right. Bad ass. Beth. Mm-hmm. After three and a half hours of deliberation, the jury comes back with a guilty verdict and he was sentenced to life in prison plus 90 years. Random little tidbit about this, though. The prosecutor in the case was Chris Van Dyke, who is Dick Van Dyke's son. Oh, well, that is like Mary Poppins chimney sweep. I love that <laughs> movie. I know.
1: I know. Isn't that kind of crazy? Though? Is. That like, anyway, supercalifragilisticexpialiduscious. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> A subsequent trial in Benton County, Oregon occurred for sodomy and weapons charges, and an additional 35 years was added. So life plus 90 plus 35. Okay. All of the other jurisdictions where he committed crimes had, decided, had to decide whether or not to prosecute him, and in the end, they all decided that the cost to prosecute him for all those crimes was just too high. They were satisfied that he was convicted, he would live his entire life. With those sentences in jail, and so they were just like, "We're not going to." But from what I understand, there's still like a file out there that if something happens randomly, gets paroled or something, which I don't think is possible, but they've got it. They're ready. Okay, they're, they're waiting and ready to he's do. He's not this, coming they're out. They're just like, well, they're like, he's not gonna. They don't think he's going to. So they're like, let's just not waste the state's money on prosecuting him for somebody who's okay. Fair having, enough. Going to live his natural life there. So he is serving his sentence at the Oregon State Penitentiary, which is within a mile or two of I-5. In 1983, while in prison, he got into an altercation with an inmate, and he ended up injuring this inmate. And then remember that, so I'm just telling you now little things that's happened since he's been in jail, but remember that lady, Anne Rule, who wrote the book? Yes. So while he's in jail in 19, I think it was like a bestseller or something in 84-ish. She's a really famous author, by the way. Yeah, I don't know what else that... I, I, I should look it up because I know I know her name. Yeah. And I don't think it's because of this book because I didn't read it. But right. <laughs> it must be something else. Uh, but anyways, in 1987, he decided to file a $12 million libel lawsuit against Anne. Okay. <laughs> But the federal court dismissed the charges because of a statute of limitations. I didn't realize that there was a statute of limitations for, like, libel lawsuits. But Makes sense. Whatever. By 1990, they had discovered the possibility of more victims, bringing the total of homicides he is suspected of up to 44. Oh, my. And they say a possibility of 140 <gasps> other crimes like rape, rod- robbery, and settlement. Right, right. In 2001 and 2006, DNA linked him to two murders committed in and ni- or 1980 and 1981. He has never confessed to any of the crimes. He has been questioned and interviewed many times by people, and he will talk all about the sports and the football background, but when it comes to the being what he's accused of and convicted of, he just clams up and won't talk about it. The closest he has come was in 2006 when he joined My space. (laughs) Wait, from jail. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: That is very creepy.
0: It is creepy. Like, no, do you do not give serial killer access to the internet? No, you do not. Social Mm -hmm. media even. No, mm -mm, not at all. So on his page, he posts quotes. I spend the remainder of my days in prison because I have committed a murder along with many other crimes. I once tried out for the Green Bay Packers. The only reason I didn't make it is because the skills I had to offer, they didn't need at the time. Well, I'd agree. They did not want a sex offender and murderer on their team. They didn't need those skills. No.
1: That's his bio? Oh, yeah. All right. right.
0: So in 2012, he is definitively linked through DNA to Julie Wright's murder. Okay. Darcy, Renee Fix, and Douglas Altig's murder. And the mother and daughter in Shasta County, Donna, Eckerd, and Janelle. Hmm.
1: So they are still working on his crimes. Like, he's – I mean, I know you said they they don't want to use the resources or whatever, but they are.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'm sure, like, part of it is when, how, like, that DNA profiles, like, it's just always being run. And so, like, now that he's in the system, mm-hmm. when they, like, rerun things mm-hmm. – Oh, okay. Well, now he's linked. So they've got... I mean, this this man is never getting out of jail. He's definitively linked Psycho. to these crimes. He's also been linked through ballistics to six other crimes. Hmm. Apparently, in prison, he's super chatty with the female guards. Ugh. That when the men try and talk to him, he kind of shies away and has issues like that. And apparently, he's always also kind of like fixing his hair. And- <laughs> oh, <laughs> my gosh. Character. What? Okay, so basically, his mo was white women in their twenties, middle class, and he concealed his identity with fake beards, hoodie, and tape across his nose. But the interesting thing about him is that he never really had a cooling off period. Yeah, you know how they, you know, and because between October of nineteen eighty, because they're they think he's never been definitively linked to Sherry's, but they one hundred percent think that that for them, is his first murder. Mm -hmm. But it might not have been. He may have killed before, and they just don't know. Mm But So between 1980 and February of 1981, he had committed nonstop crimes. And when he murdered, he committed one another five weeks later, and then it was three weeks later, and then two weeks later. Mm. And they believe that authorities are convinced that if they had not caught him, it would have escalated to literally daily. Mm -hmm. Because he just was out of control. Yes. Um, So... I mean, and this is during the time, like, 75 was when Bundy was arrested. And he's in that area. And Gary Ridgway is in that area. Like, during this
1: time in the 80s, too. Yeah. He was the the,
0: um, the Green River killer. Isn't that who Gary Ridgway was? Yeah. I'm looking at a picture Um, of this guy. So it's kind of funny, because we've looked at several pictures, and he looks kind of different in a lot of Mm -hmm. them. Like, there's one that uh, he actually looks like he might be part african-american because of like his what, how curly his hair mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. but then there's other ones where it's like real slicked back and
1: straight yep. and parted so anyway
0: so they're also really not sure he's got I mean, dead
1: eyes in every single one though i can well, confirm yeah
0: yeah he does he does He's he doesn't he does not. He looks like a serial. Yes, I mean. <laughs> um, and as we had mentioned earlier, like we, they don't, they don't know how he was made. Like there's no definitive thing besides being shamed by not making the NFL, that kind of like made the switch. Um, they do know that when he killed um, Julie, it was because nobody showed up at his Valentine's Day party. Right. Like He was pissed, and he went straight to her house. And then also apparently in February of 1981, he had had coffee with one of his sisters and she informed him that her husband didn't want any, anywhere near them. And then days later, Donna and Janelle were attacked and killed. Okay. So maybe before each one of his murders, there was some sort of trigger that happened, but they really truly don't know like, exactly why he became the serial killer. And then last thing, it's just a fun fact. <laughs> During Randall's time in prison, to date, he has gotten married three times. Are you? Clearly divorced twice if he's gotten married three times. And I just have this like, okay, ladies, <laughs> there are a lot of good men out there <laughs> to choose from that are not in prison. Why are you choosing a guy in prison for murder? I don't understand. If you are one of those people,
1: please reach out and explain it to me. Not just murder. Rape, sodomy, some children. Like, right.
0: I mean, unless they just believe that he didn't do any of this and he's, but he's literally linked DNA wise to all of those murders that I mentioned. (laughs) So I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't. And I don't really think he's that good looking, personally. Well, no. he's not bad, but. Uh, I don't
1: care how cute he is. I mean, like, you you could look, well, I know, but. Yeah. Anyway. We'll never understand it. And I think I'm okay with never understanding people who marry murderers. Yeah. Serial murderers. Mm -hmm. Yes, agreed. Okay. That was insane. I did not know him. I thought that I knew him. I know another interstate killer. Totally different. Okay.
0: See, that's what I was saying. Like, I when I first looked at it... I, okay, so I had read, come across randomly months ago, uh, a Sports Illustrated article on him. Okay. And I was like, oh, I think... Oh, he's Green Bay Packer. I think I'm going to do this as serial killer, like, just as a little different spin. Like, he was actually an NFL player, but he really wasn't, but... Um and so but then I saw i5 killer and I'm like, I must have known this guy because that sounds familiar. But I think it's just like you said, there's other interstate mm-hmm. killers out there, and it
1: made me but because I knew nothing. When I started researching, I knew nothing yeah. about this guy. Yeah, I was very shocked by all of that information. He is a real gross guy. You know what's interesting? Our first two serial killers, this one and our old friend Ed were both like semi-famous or like had they uh-huh. had their f- five minutes right, th- of fame that wasn't related to killing. Yeah. It could have was gone a- another... so much different for them.
0: I know. I know. You know, actually, when you were telling me the Ed story, there were a couple things that were similar to them. And now I can't remember. One was that they both were in Portland at some point. Mm-hmm. But there was something else that you said. So I'm going to have to go back and listen again, because remember, we've done in the past the similarities between mm-hmm. our serial killers that we do. So we'll have to go back and like, yeah. there was something else. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that and I can't remember what it is.
1: So Interesting. <laughs> anyway, that fact that he the background information, though, that's a real spin, because like, even if you read serial killer facts and like just, you know, things about serial killers statistically. That is such a small percentage of them that it is like a true anomaly to have someone who had a normal, healthy family and upbringing with no trauma or abuse or mental illness or substance issues or anything like that. Like, that's really just very freaky. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah. freaky yeah. to me. And he's still alive. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's still in prison. Yeah. Oh, no. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> well, he'll be there. We're okay. But yeah, quit don't, marrying him, guys. Don't marry. Well, him. I mean, he's only been.
0: Last I read, only been divorced twice, so I feel like he's still married to whoever.
1: Like, what is he? What is he offering you? How is he making your life better? Is he allowed conjugal visits? I'm no, I would <laughs> die. Oh no, that would be. Yeah. All, so what's I, the point? I, if, if he is, I will write in. <laughs> I'm, <gonna laughs> I'm writing a letter to somebody. <laughs> That's just wrong. That should not be allowed at all. No, no. No, he could yeah. hurt that person. No. Mm-mm. No. He's a sexual I don't offender. I don't no, understand. no I don't he know. does not deserve that. Mm-hmm. I hope no,
0: not. I, I agree, but I still don't understand. I don't even understand the
1: point of being married to him. Oh, yeah. Right. There's a lot we don't get here. <laughs> um, Do you get death benefits by marrying somebody who's in prison? No. I don't <laughs> I think, think so. That? They're not like... Tax-paying citizens i don't think they have benefits right no i know so i know you anyway. have to give C- them money so they can buy some snacks at the commissary right yeah put some money on my account honey yeah love ya
0: yeah need to buy some cigarettes yeah
1: <laughs> um so no one suggested this to you no like I, said, just I just one you found buy- okay
0: i like i i still actually have the si article um and my bookmarks on my screen because I found it and I like tagged it and I was like I'm going to use this one. I will say the weird thing. There's a weird thing about this case, um, including in the SI article and a New York Times article. Beth is called Lisa Garcia in so many and on Wikipedia. Why?
1: And she so changed her name
0: later. I mean, not that I know of, but when you Google Lisa Garcia, it doesn't really. I mean, it comes up those articles because her name's in there. But when you Google Beth Wilmot i5 killer like it's it's like survivor of the i5 killer and that's how i found when i googled her the one spot that mentioned the fiance that he had oh. that was in the movie that i thought was fake because nowhere else is that mentioned that he had a fiance hmm. yeah
1: so. that poor fiance holy smokes yeah
0: mm-hmm. anyway
1: crazy and even the landlady when you were talking about the landlady and you were like, Yeah, I used to play with my kid. He played catch with my kid. It's like, oh my gosh. So I hope that kid is being able to talk through that. Right. Like, I, I know. played catch with the series. Where are they now? Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, and also
0: somebody else, Emery, sent me as we were watching this movie, because then he starts Googling everything. He sent me a link because um Oh gosh, the uh, some Real Housewife. Okay, I think I watched that. Husband was like babysat by Randall. Baby, he like like a
1: babysitter.
0: Yeah, in in like high school or something. Like his parents were friends with um, uh, the coach that of him in high school and so there was like a group of guys that he would be like oh you need a babysitter here you go here's a guy and he was like and he was great he played with us he was like fun to be around like all this stuff and yeah real housewives of dallas star says serial killer babysat her husband wow that's a headline and she just like mentions it one day like on a post like, you're the only person that I know that has survived being babysat by a serial killer.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, what? <laughs> well, yes, we were just talking recently, you and I, about how they're just among you, and you come in contact with them, and or you're in the presence of them, and you just never know, and it's so creepy. Yeah, really. Well, I'm not okay. Are you guys okay? I'm not okay. This is why we hate this month because <laughs> it freaks me out <sighs> good case great case thank you thank well you. done case really sad for all of those victims I hate that I hate him I don't want to talk about him anymore I'm so glad that he's out of your heads or your head one mm-hmm. singular head and you said wiener in this <laughs> episode, <laughs> which I just wanted to say again because I am immature <laughs> And end on that. So thanks for listening. We hope you guys are enjoying this month. We have two more, two more coming at you. So stick with us, check out our Patreon for survivor stories. I'd say they're more lighthearted, but they're not. They're pretty tough to listen to as well, but they are survivors. So we've got a little badass Beth going on. esque in those stories Mm -hmm. on the Patreon. If you want to come join us there, find us on social media, tell your friends. It's a big month, serial killer September, and always remember, the world is scary, people suck, especially serial killers. Hide in your closet.